Hey everybody, thanks for checking out this week's episode of My First Sketch at MyFirstSketch.com. I'm Josh Hyam. As always, feel free to subscribe to the show on iTunes or SoundCloud and get it automatically. You can like the podcast on Facebook at Facebook.com slash MyFirstSketch. You can email me at Josh at MyFirstSketch.com or you can follow me on Twitter at Josh High False. First things first, if you haven't heard already, Philly Sketchfest will return for a full weekend of comedy from April 20th to the 23rd. Everything you need to know right now is posted at phillysketchfest.com. There, you can find information about submitting your sketch group to perform, submitting a short video for the film festival, or volunteering and helping out with some of the events. So come to Philly Sketchfest in April and hang out with me. Today's guest is Peter Rambo, formerly a member of American Breakfast and the director of numerous sketch videos when he lived here in Philadelphia. His first sketch is called Ketchup Crusher. Quentin Alexander plays the commercials announcer, Cynthia Maria is the woman, I play her sister, and Peter gives all the directions and visual information you need to know. So let's go to the sketch. Uh, Camera starts on the new Heinz Dip Squeeze Ketchup Packet. The new ketchup packet from Heinz is great, but so hard to find. Cuts a woman. I know. The little packets at most stores are so small and hard to open, and carrying around a plastic bottle just isn't practical. Well, now there's the ketchup crusher. A ketchup crusher, an item that looks like a small red plastic bellows, pops into a woman's hand. On screen, not for use with ketchup, spelled K-A-T-S-U-P. Oh, this handy portable device makes extracting ketchup quick and easy. Wow, how does it work? Cut to a person demonstrating the use of the ketchup crusher. Just place up to three packets in the ketchup squeezer and press the handles together. When you hear a pop, you know it's working. Cut to woman. That sounds easy, but can I use it with mustard? No, that's yellow. That makes sense, but what if three packets just aren't enough? In that case, you want the ketchup clamp, which is perfect for family outings. Cut to man demonstrating the ketchup clamp, a box with a crank. The ketchup crusher can handle up to 10 packets. Just load it up, turn the crank, and the vice-like action will have you swimming in ketchup. Cut to woman. This one's for me, but my sister is getting married. Sister enters, waving her hand to show off a ring. I have a pretty big event coming up and a lot of ketchup packets to open. I don't know the ketchup crusher is up to the task. Cut to announcer. I'm glad you brought that up. For industrial ketchup extraction, Kirby's Condiment Solutions worked with uh, the guys at Kern to develop the large ketchup collider. collider. (laughs) Announcer walks to a large ketchup (laughs) collider on a podium. It looks like a big carousel slide projector. This baby is for big jobs. Load up to a thousand packets into the LKC. On screen, the large ketchup collider requires a Class C mining certificate or a one-week intensive explosive trainings course. Simply insert the blasting cap, attach attach the wire to our patented detonation trigger, take the cover behind a retaining wall or a fire door, and bam! Ketchup waterfall! Back to sister and woman. Well, I think we're sold. How do we order? Uh, Blue screen with yellow text. The ketchup smasher and ketchup collider are available at Target, Walmart, Kohl's, and other fine retailers. Visit www.nomustard.com to special order the large ketchup collider. A background check will be required. At the bottom in small text, 
Kirby's Condiment Solutions Incorporated LLC is not responsible for Wall's appendage or curious or curious cats vaporized during the use of the LKC. Use with Arby's horsey sauce packets is prohibited. Just follow the instructions on your screen. Blackout. So Cynthia and Quentin were hanging out with us and occasionally interject and add some details and memories, but there's a few times where I don't get where we don't get a microphone in front of them fast enough. But here's my chat with Peter. Hey Pete. Hey Josh. Uh, so where did this idea come from? Uh, so this came from two places. Uh, one which need, probably needs a little more explanation than is in the sketch <laughs> is that Heinz has those ketchup packets that are, are like they have like three of the little packets worth. It's like in a, it, a and cup you, almost. Yeah, like it's like a pre-filled cup. And uh, I love ketchup, <laughs> and I hate tearing those the little ones apart. So when like that came out, I was so excited. Um, but the only place that ever I ever saw them in like stores was uh, in a Chick Fil A. Okay, and I'm not a huge fan of Chick Fil A, so like I never got to do them, <laughs> to get to use them. Um, <laughs> you didn't then, ever like just go to Chick Fil A, be like, "Screw you! I'm taking <laughs> your ketchups and leaving." Oh, like I did that, okay. but it, it was rare for me to be there. <laughs> um, and so it's, it was part of that, and then I was. The first class I took, if it was uh, Brian Kelly's 101, and he okay. has you write down um, one of his exercises for coming up with sketches is to write down like a big list of, or the alphabet, and then filling in e- each word. Oh, I don't and, think I did that. And for K, I wrote down ketchup. Okay. And then you're supposed to match them with other things, but I didn't do that. I just, oh, ketchup. What's this other thing I'm thinking of? <laughs> and then I was like, how will I solve this problem that I have in real life? Okay, so take it. So how do you get to taking Sketch 101 with Brian? Uh, so how do I get there? I I um, I moved to Philly in like probably 2010 okay. with a lady and got a job at a newspaper. I was working in newspapers at the time. And I got a job at the night shift. Night shift. So I was working, um, I was working every day but Wednesday and Thursday and at night. So like. I had no social life. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's real tough doing that. And so, like the first summer I was here, I think I took Improv One Hundred and One with Mark Bernhurst. I think okay. part of Cube Comedy back then. I don't know if it's still a thing. I, uh, I haven't seen any him of those words that you ever said. So. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen him around the theater. I think he worked in like New Jersey and came here okay. to teach. Um, and it didn't really stick for me. So, um, eventually, m- me and that the girl broke up and I changed jobs and I had nights free and I was like, uh, I'll go back and, and see what Fitz doing again. Yeah. I think, uh, the first fit show we went to was, uh, Aaron Herzog's Hey Everybody. It was oh, a yeah. stand-up showcase. Mm-hmm. Um, that we just went to before I took any improv classes. Um, and so I knew about fit from that and I saw that a sketch class had popped up. And so I took that. It was on like, it was on like Thursdays. I was living, with my brother, because I didn't have an apartment yet. Because I think you were right after I like I scene. I like I think my sketch one oh one was like April of twenty eleven. I think you guys were that fall. Yeah, we were in the fall. Because you guys are an anomaly, uh, I am saying you guys as American Breakfast. Yeah. Where four of you take sketch one oh one together and end up working together for a couple years after that, like yeah, as far as I know, that doesn't happen. Uh, yeah, like, um, we're like you hear about like improv groups like starting out of like 101, 201 and just going from there. But I don't think that ever happens with sketch. Like, I mean, my guess is like ours started with 
there were probably 12 people in the class when we started and it was down to eight by the end yeah and all it, i passed down around anyone be, want to start a sketch group oh and like so eight, like eight you... people signed up six showed up to the first meeting and then me oh, sean that's... eric and nora stuck around oh, that's funny i didn't know that <laughs> um, um because <laughs> you did it too <laughs> and then no one in my group ever came no one in my class ever came to shows or was even interested in it right and i was so mad <laughs> like I, I felt like pete had lied to me because he told me it was going to be so easy um and and then it wasn't and i was mad <laughs> <laughs> but then uh we take 201 together yeah uh, pretty shortly after yeah like, i think like probably in like april or early something. winter of like yeah uh 2012 or so where it was uh, you, Nora, and Sean from American Breakfast, American Breakfast myself, and a rando, like yeah. just a random dude. That yeah, that was like that started with seven people and was down to five what? real quick. Really, I don't there remember were, there were being other people like just that first class. Okay, then, yeah, there was that other guy. I don't remember that at all because um, it was just oh, I'm stuck with American Breakfast now. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that random guy had taken. He was uh, he was in my taken 101. He was in my 101. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh. Yeah. I remember him as not taking a 101, but that. No, well, you he, he, yeah, he was in my 101, and every sketch in 201 was the exact same thing. He did in 101. And okay. I'm like, sorry, dude, if you ever hear this, but like, funny names aren't enough to <laughs> propel a sketch. Yeah, that uh, that was probably too early for none of us, none of American Bears felt comfortable in that class, like with the amount of work Paul was making us <laughs> do. Like, a new sketch every week. <laughs> and he wanted us to collaborate, which none of us were doing at the time. Uh, <laughs> we're yeah, because bringing our own sketches to things. I I remember, um, Sean and I were assigned like a week together to do a sketch together, and he had this idea for this parody that's based off the the movie The Gray, and I yeah. had never seen that movie. <laughs> yeah, and he sent it to me. I was like, dude, I have no clue what you're talking about. <laughs> so cool, like, and then eventually you guys made that video. Yeah. Uh, which is still not online. <laughs> uh, probably not relevant anymore. But, uh, I think. Well, I also had never seen the grade. I thought it worked by itself. It, it's fine. Yeah, eventually. But, it's great. Uh, but like I he, but Sean's whole like thought process about the the sketch and like because you think it's about a dude fighting wolves, but it's not. <laughs> like, yeah. I just remember he had this full like yeah. explanation about it, and I was just like, okay, yeah. I, sure. Yeah. This is like, and I, I think I actually said I was like, I'm not going to add anything to this because I have nothing to add to this. Like, I felt I go for it, Sean. Like, yeah, me and Nora got paired together, and we wrote something about tattoos that made no sense. <laughs> me and you got paired together, and I think I, we had death insurance of some kind, but I can't remember. I don't. I'd have to go back and yeah. see if I have anything from that class. I have Still. everything. It's I, I'm sure I do too. Somewhere. It's just a matter of finding it. Um, so American Breakfast starts really getting together and starts doing shows. And um, there's four of you. Mm-hmm. How does that, how's that process like for you? Like, um, So, like, the first sketch we put up at Theme Show, um, we kind of wrote together in the room. And that's why it's all over the place. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, it has, like, three different things going on in it. It's a, It was a a mad science fair and like it's (laughs) like the first half of the sketch is like just talking about what everyone's done and then the second half of the sketch is doing one of these um is like in that someone's built a mountain and then the sketch transports over to what's happening on this tiny miniature mountain with people living on it okay as i said it goes all over the place and it it, i think it got a good reaction because we were new (laughs) more than anything (laughs) Uh, and we had a real nice prop 
uh, <laughs> we, we made a we made one of those uh, volcanoes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so, but pretty much after that, it was people people would either write something and bring it or mm. pitch it to the group and we'd talk about it for a while and then they'd go off and write it. And uh, we would do a little bit of rewriting, but a lot of the stuff you would go find on stage was stuff just, just kind of first drafts. Yeah. We thought we'd get around to re- rewriting it and, <laughs> um, and but then the show comes up and... Yeah, but things would change a lot in rehearsal and then they wouldn't get like written down anywhere. And so the next time we did it, we'd be like, did anyone record that? What did we do differently? Because this isn't funny anymore. <laughs> That's um, great. My last, my group at that time, Judo Range, the last show I did with them was American. Yeah. What, wait, it was Judo Breakfast at the American Range or American right. Judo. Like we, we basically, instead of doing, you guys doing 30 minutes, we do 30 minutes. We're like, let's do an the, hour together. Yeah, the idea was that we would, collaborate on like half the sketches yeah and then do some of our own and then it ended up being we would just do one after the other and so you would do one we would do one. okay yeah we do i don't know if we i don't think we wrote anything together i but that was the plan i know that we used each other's actors for certain things because i know you guys had stuff that like needed more people or that's right vice versa like Blythe was in (laughs) in one of my sketches i remember that now um because the big thing that i remember for that show was being in in Eric's apartment for like two hours waiting for you to finish shooting something else oh, to come yeah, to okay. us <laughs> and like <laughs> that um, makes sense. but th- it was a good show it was fun I like the the format that we did and if you I don't know like I'm just trying to remember what I would have <laughs> shot because it was um yeah, the 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 preteen prank show oh yeah okay like <laughs> um where I think you guys were like hiding in a department store for a little bit trying to like. <laughs> gorilla shoot stuff yeah yeah that was fun you have american breakfast and then you have cheat code mm-hmm. and and free candy with cynthia like because again i don't know when this is like yeah i don't remember which one of those came first i think free candy came first um yeah uh we were live we were living together at the time and so um and we were both sketch people so we were like we should do a show just i think we, was that now time? Was that which one? We did that at uh, <laughs> at JP's uh, post camp mm-hmm. camp wood show. Now time, um, we had I think twelve minutes of material <laughs> at that point, and so we put it all up, and that was um, that was interesting. That was a lot of uh, Cynthia wrote uh, the first draft of most of that show, and then she handed it off to me, and I rewrote a lot of things. Um, so it's mostly yeah. <laughs> Because so I, I, I'm always curious when, like, romantic partners or roommates or whatever, like, when two people, like, cohabitate together, like, how does the process work? Because, like, there's a part of me that always, like, worries that if I worked with someone I lived with, it would either be we'd talk about it all the time <laughs> and hate it, or we would do nothing ever <laughs> and never finish anything. Like, I think it's probably closer to that second one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we talk a lot about doing stuff, um, but unless other people, like with Chico, we were real good about it, but mm-hmm. uh, for Free Candy, like, as I said, she wrote most of the first drafts, and then I spent a day in a coffee shop rewriting stuff, and then we put it up, mm-hmm. um, and that was that was a lot of fun, because like, those were sketches, I don't think there was one sketch that was more than two pages long, mm-hmm. so it was just a lot of jumping around, and like, in that 12-minute set, I think we had two runners. <laughs> <laughs> 
um, broken up into two or three parts. Um, so, and then, hey, we're cool. Like, mm-hmm. what? What? Because I think you're the first. No, well, I talked to Matt Schmidt, and I don't think we really dove into hey, we're cool like as much with him. But like, so where does that come from? What happens? Uh, that hey, we're cool. As far as my involvement in it got started in at a part at one of Jackie's parties. Um, I didn't really know Matt or Pat at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I hadn't talked to them all night and, but I'm the kind of guy, me, both of us, me and Cynthia, we were, we were just there until the end mm-hmm. along with Matt and Pat. And at some point she had been, ta- Cynthia had been talking to Matt and Pat and then, and <laughs> they told her that, uh, they thought that I hated them. Okay. And so Cynthia told me that. And then I, my first interaction with Matt that I remember, uh, was me telling him that I don't hate him. <laughs> um, and then he told me about <laughs> this thing they were going to do at Latot, <laughs> or at the time it was just somewhere. They didn't know where it was going to be. Um, but they were trying to put together a variety show of sorts. And <laughs> he was like, do you want to do, <laughs> do you want to be part of it? And, and, uh, that's so how, that's how I so got involved. It was purely, I don't <laughs> hate you. <laughs> I, so I don't hate you. Hey, let's work together. <laughs> I think I just have that kind of face. People assume I'm unhappy all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Quiet, reserved, yeah. I kind of get um, that too, but there's a lot of people I do hate. So. <laughs> so what's the lifespan of Lata- like of Hey, we're cool at Latage. Like it went for a couple years, and I think it ended after you had left the city. Like yeah, so I think it went for about two years. I'm really bad with dates. Mm. I think I was part of it for the a year and a half, probably. Um, that was a weird show. Like putting it together, I had to get very comfortable with nothing being <laughs> planned <laughs> ahead of time. Everything was done last minute. Nothing was really. We very rarely wrote mm-hmm. stuff out. It was uh, trying to find the funny in the moment, and uh, like trying to set up pieces so that they worked really well together. Because I like, I don't think I ever saw a Hey We're Cool live show, but I remember there was one where it was. Bring your material, because if you don't, we're watching. <laughs> Selfie, yeah. Selfie, that's what it was. <laughs> Selfie, right. Well, that's because we scheduled a show directly. It was like the the Thursday after the Black Friday Comedy Marathon. Okay, so you guys so were, we wrote. You had already you done know, so much that week. that you're just, We wrote 40 hours of comedy, and we we're not going to write anymore. So, that okay. week. So then what's the process of, because Hey, We're Cool has hosted every Black Friday Marathon, right? Like Yes. So what's the process of doing that? Like. You're, you're doing just bits throughout the day and like host segments, but like that has to be a lot of material that it's, it's all premise generate. Like everything is the f- most we write is a note card yeah. of stuff. And it might say something like, um, uh, Frazier falls down. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's a lot of work. Um, we get together and just sort of try and think about what the bit might be. Mm. And then when we get there, it's a lot of <laughs> wrangling people because Hey, Cool just kind of spreads out over the place yeah. and like finding the right people to be on the stage at the right time can be challenging. Because I, I, what was it? Uh, 20, 2015 one, there was a, a bit you guys did with Brian Kelly as little Lord Fauntleroy. Like, yes, which is just like seared into my memory <laughs> just because like Brian Kelly in that costume <laughs> was just so. Were you at this one? The six, I, I did a couple. I, I, I saw, saw a little bit and the only thing I really saw or was excited about was that uh at the end of the family friendly time on saturday morning 
that he brought in a puppy <laughs> to kind of yeah. like tease the children that were gonna leave <laughs> like oh it's or, puppy time <laughs> now <laughs> like well i asked because uh the little lord font lore i bet was a big point of contention it was not supposed to be brian it was supposed to be matt <laughs> or at least in chris's mind it was supposed to be matt um and then they argued about that for hours before it went up <laughs> and then and then it tw- and then so in this year's one of our bits was arguing about who was right in that situation <laughs> on stage. <laughs> that was uh, my favorite part yeah. of, of this uh, past year's marathon. <laughs> it was the, the re- uh, revisiting of the Little Lord Fauntleroy uh, debacle. Because, uh, like, <laughs> it's just Chris McGrail spanking Brian <laughs> Kelly in a costume. <laughs> yep. For, yep. And it, I think it goes for, like, Brian I don't... Because yeah. I, I think it was like super late, like at night. Oh, I, I feel like it was like late. in like neither Matt or Chris had slept at that point. Like Chris was there's a little bit of delirium little. showing yeah. up, maybe a little bit of alcohol, and like it's just Chris McGrail's spanking Brian Kelly, and <laughs> it's one of those things that if you don't know those two people, it's not as funny as if you do. No, <laughs> like yeah. you were absolutely right. Um, yeah, in the, still, in the debate, Matt won handedly. <laughs> That it was uh, he was in the right. He didn't want to do it. And, uh, <laughs> oh, oh, oh yeah. Matt Allcamp was supposed. Uh, he was supposed he to was be. Supposed to be. Okay. Oh yeah, not Matt Schmidt. Matt okay. Oh my gosh. Um. <laughs> so yeah. That <laughs> um. Do you do anything in Wisconsin comedy wise? Like now so, that you've moved out. And so yeah, out in Wisconsin. Left us. I am. I have no interest in doing stand-up, and that was the scene when I got right. there. Is uh, a really, really strong stand-up scene, and then nothing else. Um, so I've been involved with. I got involved with like the Madison indie filmmaking community. Okay. Uh, so I've, uh, I've had two scripts produced by like people who know what they're doing oh, with fancy. cameras, uh, and I've been working on a web series with uh, another group that's uh also going pretty well that's about um the pilot's about three quarters of the way shot right on um, uh, is like drop this truth bomb <laughs> about something and then walk away and everyone's like oh my god he's so right be a, be a second liz lemon <laughs> and yeah it's really it's weird working with the film groups because they they know what they're doing with the cameras and yeah. stuff, but they don't have a lot of input on the <laughs> scripts and stuff. So <laughs> I've, I've also like one of the th- things we shot was adopted, which I've done many times mm-hmm. here. So I'm pretty comfortable with how that is, is as, it, as its own thing. And then one of the things was something I think I wrote in about an hour and I don't really <laughs> did like even on the day of shooting, I didn't really remember what was in it because mm-hmm. we never read it. Sure. They were just like, ah, oh, we'll do this one. I was like, OK. Do you have uh, any comments? <laughs> nope. <laughs> it's good as is. We'll figure it out. Uh, so initially, what brought you to comedy? What was your like fandom? What what were you into? Uh, growing up, my dad introduced me to Monty Python, and so mm-hmm. uh, mostly the movies. Growing up, like the movie, including like the sketch movie that's not that great. <laughs> yeah, because um, it's just they're just doing old sketches mm-hmm. from the show. Um, and like I have the image of the the guy who eats too much and explodes, just kind of <laughs> burned in there. <laughs> um, uh, but mostly it was like Holy Grail and then later Life of Brian. Holy uh, Grail, another movie that I did not understand the first time I saw it. Yeah. It's, yeah. it Yeah. 
It doesn't end like a normal movie. No, though. it does not. <laughs> I was really confused by that. <laughs> like, it's like, but but they have to end it, right? <laughs> like that was like I remember like being like twelve or thirteen. Like, wait, what? What just happened? What? That's yeah. not the. End. That's not how you end a movie. Like, <laughs> give me a story. Um, and that was really so. I watched that over and over with like friends, mm. and then, um, it was like Comedy Central just started around that when I was a, a kid and so watching that just mm-hmm. every day after school got really into Kins of the Hall yeah and all the stand-ups that were on there like Mitch Hedberg and probably <laughs> hundreds of other people that I yeah, don't I think there's a now. certain age where like Mitch Hedberg is like a major influence mm-hmm. for anyone does that has watched stand-up like Mitch I remember like being in college and it was all Mitch Hedberg and Brian Regan like mm-hmm. they were the two like quotable everyone knew like it was our own special language at that <laughs> point yeah, and uh, so I was really into that, and when I got to college, I started as a computer science guy, and then I switched over to English, and I was taking these um, creative writing classes, and I wasn't trying to be funny, but people would laugh at everything, <laughs> the things I wrote, um, which I took as a, a good sign, which I didn't I didn't take as a sign, maybe that's what I should be doing, so I didn't do anything. I didn't like try focusing on writing. I remember reading. I went to Penn State. They have a, they have an onion type mm-hmm. thing called the froth. I just remember thinking it was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and so like that w- that was probably the only way I would have gotten into comedy in college, like actually doing stuff. I never saw um, opportunities to do like improv or sketch right. in college. I'm there, sure there may have been, but I I just didn't see them. Uh, and then I asked everybody. Uh, Saturday Night Live who's your favorite cast member like either on the show or after pre post work or okay so it's just them as a yeah as a whole they just had to be on Saturday Night Live at a certain point point. um or you know writer someone involved in the show like yeah so (laughs) I just heard you ask this question again (laughs) Uh, (laughs) it's probably uh probably Bill Hader is my favorite person he's just so good in any character he does and then, like, when I when I look at, at someone, I'm like, how do they do what they do? Because I can't do it. Yeah. And, like, him or probably Kate McKinnon are just so good at inha- inhabiting characters. Yeah. And, like, I can't even write a character sketch. Like, I don't think I've ever written a character <laughs> sketch. And, like, they just do that as a like all the time <laughs> and I, I know i've brought it up before because I, I, I just love the sketch so much like one of his first episodes he does uh there's a sketch called al pacino checks his bank balance <laughs> and if yeah. you've never seen it it is like <laughs> like you immediately see you're like oh this guy's a genius like mm-hmm. like between those impressions and just create like it's oh it's so good everyone should watch it all the time um so then like what like what brings you to comedy like why do you do it why did you get involved like other than i think like it's even before i started doing comedy out here it it was like all i thought about it's i almost exclusively i watch even before i started doing comedy i watch every sitcom Mm. even the bad ones at least for a few episodes (laughs) uh and like it's all i think about it's I <laughs> <laughs> so I listened to like I started wi- I listened to W2F long before I did it like five years before I started doing comedy. It's the first podcast I ever listened to, and like cared about. I think I think it's pretty. 
I think it was pretty high on my <laughs> like because he's been doing it for so long that like I'm trying I, to remember when I got in. I remember on on Conan like I was like, oh, that's that guy from Conan. I yeah. Like, oh, he's doing a radio show. I'm gonna try and listen to radio for the first time <laughs> ever. Oh, he's doing a podcast. What's that? How do I get that? Um, so you're even on board with like his Air America show, like. I mean, I listened to it. I didn't. <laughs> right, <laughs> not, I mean, lo- like, not a lot. Like, okay. It was like, but I, I went out of my way to try it. Um, yeah, now I'm trying to remember, like, what got me to listen to him. Because I, I, I don't listen to him every week anymore. Like, I just listen to the yeah, specific no. guests <laughs> that I want to hear. Because um, I, st- I still think he's a good interviewer. But now that he's done 700 episodes, he's yeah going after people I don't care about. Like, <laughs> Yeah, a lot of, like, artists and stuff. And musicians like, yeah. that I've never heard of. And, um. And then uh, Cynthia mentioned how you're a good editor and everything. Like, so what's something that you've learned from comedy that uh, that you can pass on? I mean, this is something that applies to comedy. But uh, as so, I worked in as I said, I worked in newspapers for about four years, and as a copy editor. And the it's I think it's true of almost all all writing is that clarity is the most important thing. Yeah. And like, so many people put more stuff into a sketch or any anything they write that is unimportant yeah. or irrelevant that just muddles the premise. Yeah. And so the clearer you can be about what you're writing about, uh, the better. Yeah. And that includes like when you pitch something and you the first time you pitch something you're probably gonna talk about it a lot longer than you think you're gonna talk about it. And if after you do that you re clarified into a like a sentence long premise mm-hmm. if you can get to that point you can start writing the sketch yeah but if if you're if you're still rambling you probably need to because yeah, you what need you to know the, the heart of the sketch you need to know like exactly why it's funny like if yeah. you're saying be like so there's this guy in the castle like <laughs> yeah and uh, uh sean likes to say that's <laughs> that's not a premise that's a location <laughs> 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 or that's an action and sean would know yeah another thing <laughs> One thing I did that I like to think about is uh, we've done it twice. We did two sketch. We did a sketch cram here for what was the thing Mike Marbach sideshow. We did okay. a sketch cram for that, and we did one, at, and I do one in New York for Phillies for New York Sketch Fest. Mm-hmm. Um, and the one in New York Sketch Fest has been done for uh, like every month for the past like at that point maybe two years or something, and it was like a well-oiled machine. Mm-hmm. Um, I know they're doing it here now in Philly with uh, yeah up all night up all night and it's a- I talked to Jack about that in the car right home right before I listened to his episode <laughs> after I dropped him off <laughs> after the marathon um, and it sounds like they're doing it right we did it when we did it here I had not done the one in New York at that point and we just all state it was me Sean Cynthia Matt Allcamp Matt Allcamp and uh, Sean Landis. And uh, no, sorry, Chris McGrail already said Sean. And uh, we just stayed up all night, and stayed up all the next day, and then we all acted in it. It was like us plus Shannon. <laughs> and so Shannon was the only one who had any energy at that time. Uh, and and that was a mistake. <laughs> uh, and we only did like ten minutes. And uh, one really great sketch came out of it: the Chris McGrail's monkey on a skateboard science presentation. <laughs> um, and then everything that yeah, sounds every, like a McGraw. Everything else is just a mess. Um, but the one we did in in New York was wonderful. It uh, we would like write, we pitched, wrote for an hour, came back, rewrote, uh, talked about the sketches, 
rewrote for an hour, came back, talked about it, and rewrote for yeah. an hour, and then we were done, and then we handed it off to the director, who took it out to ac- actors who are completely different people. Yeah, that's um, that's not how Up All Night works, and I kind of wish that actors were involved, like, Separate especially because I don't really want to be on stage <laughs> anymore. <laughs> Um, well, I think with them, so that was like we started at 9 a.m. and did it at 9 p.m. Mm-hmm. So with Up All Night, I think you guys can sleep if there's yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's kind of sort of planned in. Yeah. I think the sleep is more important necessarily that, than separating I, I, them, I, I but think, separating them lets you get some sleep. I think sleeping is a key because I don't think, I don't know, because after doing that marathon, last, the Black Friday marathon last year, I one thing I learned was I'm not funny with no sleep. <laughs> like I'm barely funny with sleep, so like no sleep completely. Yeah. Just yeah, that first year we sl- we did not sleep at all. Me, Matt, and Pat. That sounds and awful. And then yeah, every year since then we've all gotten some sleep because we learned that lesson too. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Thanks, Peter. Yeah, no problem. Since Peter moved to Wisconsin, two of his sketches have been shot by one light short. His sketch, Adopt It, which American Breakfast did a number of times in Philly, is finished and being sent out to festivals. Check out facebook.com slash one light short. That's one, that's the numeric one, light short. Also, Peter is now the head writer of a web series called Stay Dream, which people can learn more about at www.staydream.tv. And like I said up top, don't forget, Philly Sketchfest is coming. Head to phillysketchfest.com if you want to submit your sketch group, sending in a video, or volunteer. My first sketch is a Philly Sketchfest production. You can find out more information at phillysketchfest.com or on Twitter at phlsketchfest. For more information about comedy in Philly, head to watercooler.com. The music on this episode is by the band Nono, which you can check out at nonoband.bandcamp.com. And like my first sketch on Facebook. This is Josh Hyam. Thanks for listening. Go see some comedy. <laughs>